scroll, scroll, flick left, scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll home, check Instagram quick, double tap Twitter, scroll, scroll. <laughs> Are you excited to go to PAX? I'm so hype. Are you leaving tonight? I'm I'm leaving not long after we finish talking to each other. Okay. Are you like packed and ready no, to go? No, I'm not. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna finish packing, okay. and then I'm gonna get in the car and drive to San Antonio. Have you uh, Have you like figured out some specific things you're gonna do? Have you like picked out your all the board games you're gonna play? You're uh, gonna do the so here's games? here is my reminders list of games I am bringing with me. Oh boy, it is uh, I believe 19 games long. Oh my god. Uh, which is an increase from last year's, but I think it was about 12 or 13. I think I had 13. Um, so I mean, I'm, I can read the list. None of these will make any sense to you. No, please read me a long list of board yeah. game titles. Uh, Mint Tin Mini Apocalypse. Uh, that's one that fits in a little like mini Altoids tin. I'm going to I'm gonna count off in, on my fingers how many of these I've heard of. Um, I'll be surprised if we get to two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Looney Pyramids, which is not a game so much as it is a game set. Uh, it's a set of little interlocking pyramids that you can use to play dozens of different games. So it's a lot of games in one. Tack, a two-player strategy game set in the world of, or coming from the world of uh, the King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. It's a very popular I know fantasy novel. Is. I don't know about his game, but I know who that it is. It showed up in the second of his two novels, um, and then somebody else made it into a real game with his permission. Okay, uh, and it's really good. Love Letter. Iota, Win Lose Banana, you know that one. Uh, sushi Go, which is a uh, card drafting game where you make cute plates of sushi. <laughs> Hanabi, uh, which is a uh, it's a cooperative game where you don't know what your cards are, but you know what everyone else's are, so you have to work together to play them. Nice. Coup, a hidden role game. One Night Ultimate Werewolf, uh, which is an advanced version of Werewolf, which is a very popular party game. Mm-hmm. Fiasco, uh, Zombie Dice, which is a pressure luck game where your zombies trying to eat brains. Hive Pocket, a little two-player strategy game. Pairs, a uh, kind of like the Looney Pyramids. It's a variety of different games that you can play with one deck of cards. Deadfall, Shadow of the Elder Gods, Province, Lightspeed, and Netrunner. Yeah, two. I know. Two? I know. Win, lose, <laughs> banana, and fiasco. Yeah, because I've played both with you. That's it. <laughs> no, uh, no monopoly. Uh, shoots and ladders. Probably not going to bring those. No. Uh, Candyland. No. It is worth <laughs> noting that I can, I can fit all of these in my backpack. That's remarkable. Yeah. That's a lot of games in one backpack. They all they all qualify as as what are called like micro games. Yeah. Um. I mean, not, not the, the true micro game is something with like under 15 components, mm-hmm. um, which these are not, not all of these are that small, but they're all very small, very portable. Right. Um, so I can really walk around with a backpack full of games and play with people around me. And now, like, how does that work? Are you, you like walking around packs and you're just going to like grab random people and be like, Hey, you want to play a game or? Well, so hey, a lot of people I know are going there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm staying with two people. They're two very good friends that I know from packs as well. We'll all be there. So the five of us will be around most of the time. Um, Catherine and Russell are going, mm-hmm. who you know. They're going to be there all weekend. Um, some friends from college are going to be there. So there's a lot of people to play with that I know. Yeah. Um, and often, like, if you're in line for something, um, you can sit on the floor and play a small game like one of these. 
uh, is not uncommon at all to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and if you are in the tabletop free play area and you need players, they have little flags and you can just put your flag up and say, Hey, we need some people. And someone can just walk up and, and be like, some... Hey, what are y'all playing? Yeah, I'll jump in. Cool. Nice. Uh, so it's that sort of environment. It sounds like this. And like, I almost wish I was into, into games the way yeah. you are, but like, I can imagine if I was like, this sounds like some kind of like magical wonderland. It is. Or just like, it is a magical wonderland. You're in a massive convention hall. Yeah. Right. And it's just, like for miles of walking there's just people playing games everywhere and it's yeah. just like this delightful beautiful yeah and there's also the expo hall which is full of people like showing off new games and interesting games right and unreleased stuff yeah. and because it's uh, an industry show yeah and then there's panels um where people talk about like making games or your favorite game designers will do a thing or and it's also uh super like there's a big video game focus too, right? Yes. Yeah. So PAX is a, is a video game conference first. Okay. Um, so the, the original PAX, which is now called PAX West, was almost exclusively video games. Um, and each PAX since then kind of has their own flavor. So PAX West, PAX East, PAX South, and PAX Australia. Mm-hmm. And of those, PAX South is the more tabletop flavored game. Now they all have a tabletop free play, so you can go to any of them and do that. Right. But um, PAX South like has specifically a bunch of tabletop game designers there a lot of tabletop experiences and i think the biggest tabletop free play area of any of them and that works well for you because it's the one you go to and that's your thing yeah although there's um a thing got released and then deleted from the internet (laughs) um they're probably going to announce this weekend and it just got released early that they're doing a pax unplugged in philadelphia which is all tabletop gaming nice which is really cool but i'm not going to philly so yeah it's too far away Get yourself a cheesesteak. Yeah. I've heard of those. <laughs> um, or a large bell. Yeah. I can use one of those. <laughs> um, I wonder if they get discounts if they're uh, cracked. I doubt it. I think that makes them much more valuable. That doesn't make any sense. It's broken. Um, yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm so hype. The only thing that I would know of that's at PAX. I mean, like I'm aware of video games, but yeah. I don't care. I also am not like a board game or tabletop uh, yeah. game player. Uh, it's just the movies with Mikey. I know he's going to be there. Yeah, he's going to be there. He's doing a panel Saturday night. I'm very excited about like, that. Like he's just doing his show live, right? Well, it's he's he's put a lot of work into it from what I've seen on Twitter. Um, but it's basically going to be a movies with Mikey about movies with Mikey. Oh. So he's going to talk about like making a show and show like clips and then do a big long did you know, like but did you know about yeah. movies with Mikey. Nice. Things like that. Is there a difference between a board game and a tabletop game? Uh, Are those interchangeable terms? Yes and no. So um, traditionally, a board game has a board. Oh, yeah. Like uh-huh. Monopoly, Shoots and Ladders. <laughs> All those bad games Sorry. I listed. <laughs> Sorry is not a terrible game, actually. Sorry has some things going for it. Uh, not a lot, but some. <laughs> <laughs> and... So there is a board that you play on that is a central play space. Right. Um, and whereas tabletop games cover card games, dice games, um, lots of other sorts of categories. Like of of the games that I am bringing, like that I listed off there, uh, none of them have a board. No, two of them have a board. Is there an even larger superset than tabletop games? 
Not really. Like um, like games that aren't video games? Is that is there a term for that? Yeah. I, tabletop is about as close as you're going to get. Yeah. Um, there are... Um, like, the only thing that's not really covered by tabletop games is kind of getting into, like, the world of LARPing, um, which is uh, live-action role-playing. Right. Um, and, and sort of, like, games where you get up and move around. Um, hmm. Like, convention games. Yeah, because those very much aren't tabletop focused. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, at PAX, there's going to be something called True Dungeon, which is like a puzzle escape room. Right. Where you're playing, like, a wizard and a rogue and a fighter. And, and I, so that's not a tabletop game, but it is a game. It is a game. I don't. I guess LARPing can like it's possible for LARPing to be a game or not. Like LARPing well, could also be just like let's hang out. Yeah. So LARPing is a lot like like a role playing game, and so role playing games have like goals and things, but they don't really have like win or lose conditions. Right. Um, kind of like Fiasco. Like we played Fiasco, and there's like. There, there was a game around it, but it was about kind a story. Of, the yeah. winning condition was we tell a fun story and have fun. Right. Uh, but I definitely consider that a tabletop game. Right. Um, I was, I was on a bike ride and I went through um, was it Walnut Creek Park? I don't know. Was it over here? Yeah, I think it was Walnut Creek, and uh, there was this crowd of like twenty something people, uh, LARPing like in like in one of the fields at the park. Awesome. And it looked like they were having so much fun. Yeah. My, that's my understanding. Like I, and I've, I've never done it. I don't really have like much of a desire to do it, but mm-hmm. like, I remember like, it's funny. Cause I, I remember like seeing them in the distance as I was approaching and yeah. I was like, look at these fucking dorks. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then I got, I got closer and I was like, wait a second. Like, they're having a lot of fun. They're doing like the most fun thing in the world. Like they're ha- they're hanging out with their friends and they got like big foam swords and they're like fighting each other. Yeah. And like I was like, okay, never mind. They're having a blast. Like, <laughs> nope, I was wrong. They're they're cool. <laughs> yeah, I would not mind doing that yeah. sometimes because that looks like fun. Yeah, what well, some reason people people laser tag like that's the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scope. Except you tell cool stories too. But you also have the aspect of like with LARPing of a lot of times of. You know, like creating your own costume and oh, like building, yeah. your, building your own weapons and like Absolutely. building your own character and like the 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 storytelling. Yeah, like so it's cooler than laser tag. World building aspect of it. Yeah. It's more than just having a weapon and fighting. It's like yeah, it's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's um, there's not just LARPs that are in a fantasy realm as well. There are like cyberpunk future LARPs too. Yeah, uh, that use like Nerf guns. Yeah, and those are really cool too. Yeah, if I had a sword, I probably would have joined them, but I don't. I didn't have my sword with you me on my bike. You didn't right? carry your sword with you on your bike. Yeah. Well, there's there's pretty exacting standards for the kind of like foam weaponry you can use while LARPing to make sure it's not dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay safe. It's just for fun. Yeah. Not for hitting people. Hard. Although there are there are things where people like there's like the way there's like you know gyms for boxing and stuff. There's yes. like gyms for like sword fighting, going and beating the shit out of each other with real weapons. Yes, those exist also, but yeah. that's different from what you do at a LARP fest. That's much more of a like competitive exercise yes. kind of a thing than uh, than a collaborative storytelling. Right. That also sounds like fun to me. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Like I sure. would kind of love to beat the shit out of somebody with the sword and also have the shit beaten out of yeah. me with a sword. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Fight Club. Sword, the sword, sword, sword club. club. <laughs> I would join sword club. Yeah, uh, I don't have like the time or really the energy to dedicate to like 
getting or building and maintaining armor and weapons for yeah it's it. a lot of work but like if someone was like hey jesse throw on this armor and here take this sword and go fight this person <laughs> you'd strongly consider it with enough uh assurance that i wouldn't uh immediately die yeah like i would that's important i would probably have a lot of fun doing that yeah, yeah there's people who do a lot of that yeah that's, that's what a lot of like the ren fair like reenactment folks are all about mm-hmm is you know getting out there with or the SCA Society for Creative Anachronisms. What is that? They're people who do sword fights among other things. Oh, interesting. They go pretend they live in the past, kind of. <laughs> it's creative anachronism. It's not real, so it's interesting. Yeah. Those people who make their like fully historical costumes and swords and hit each other with the swords. Would you want to hit somebody with a sword? Like would that would you enjoy I don't that? know. I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> like, would you? Like that just makes me sound tired. Would you find uh, like an enjoyable outlet in safe violence? Maybe. I'm. I'm not. I don't. I'm not immediately drawn to it in the way you seem to be. Yeah, man. I'd really love to hit someone with a sword. Yeah, I'd like. Like, if I was gonna get into an activity that was like athletic, uh-huh. I'd rather learn like parkour. More of an individual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also dangerous. Oh, super dangerous. But not in a violent way. Yeah in a reckless way yeah where you can you know like fall off a building and die yeah instead of have a sword run through you also bad i like so this is coming from uh as a child being obsessed with fantasy worlds Mm -hmm. and like like i would try to make my own swords oh yeah out of like wood and stuff Uh, i would draw a lot of sword designs because i like to design my own swords uh my brother and i used to like choreograph like intricate sword fight routines oh cool and we would like practice and even just like grab sticks or like yeah. like make our own like sword thing and yeah, like every stick is a sword yeah uh, except one time we i had like i had a nice like wooden stick from a tree that was yeah. being my sword and he had a a like metal pole that was a couple feet long uh, and we were pole wins and we were like choreographing a sword fight yeah so we weren't like Trying to kill each really other. Really going at it, but then it got a little out of hand, and then we were all of a sudden really going at oh, it. Oh, no. And I fell, and he did the thing where, like, he's holding his sword upright. Yeah. And then, like, I fell on the ground and was beneath him, and he, like, flipped it around and, like, oh. and, like stabbed it into my chest. Ow. Yeah. And it, I bled a lot, and it, it didn't go into me. <laughs> but it, it, it certainly wasn't was sharp, abrasive, but, but it, like, cut my chest oh. on my sternum and he was like oh my god like i'm sorry i got <laughs> this carried was a away. bad idea yeah like you just got taken up in the moment and was yeah. like i victory and yeah that's yeah. that's terrible that's why you need armor um i have a topical question for you okay uh is it about some sort of cream you need <laughs> perhaps a salve uh, an unguent. Ah. I want to know if you have any unguents I that don't. I can use. Jesus Christ, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Yes. Okay. That was easy. In uh, any any circumstance, are they a Nazi? Yes, they are. An, he, yes, they are a Nazi. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> What have you been doing with all your free time not on Twitter? I play a, a lot of Tap Titans 2. What's that? It's, uh, you know, I was playing Adventure Capitalist, that iterative oh game. Oh, God, yes. Well, I beat it. Oh, you can beat that game? Yeah. 
by getting all the money yeah wow i didn't know you could get all the money yeah i thought the money just kept getting bigger and bigger there's there's kind of a point where you've done everything huh interesting Um, and Tap Titans 2 is a sequel to Tap Titans, which is a similar game, except it requires slightly more like interaction. Like I have to check into it every uh, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am a little guy with a sword, and I tap to attack monsters. And these are heroes that I've recruited to help me. Mm. And I tap monsters, and I tap them long enough, they drop money. And then I tap more monsters and buy cool things with my money and go, and I just do this. I just you're, So there's not like and, a like a skill that you're developing you're just tapping the screen yeah a lot yeah cool okay um it's like the opposite of uh like crashy road or (laughs) crossy road that's what it meant um i want to like ridicule you for what seems like a just absolutely giant waste of time on your phone but then i'm imagining what it physically looks like for me to like read through twitter and i'm just going (laughs) scroll scroll yeah, flick left, scroll, <laughs> scroll, <laughs> scroll home, check Instagram quick, double tap Twitter, <laughs> scroll, scroll. Like it's really, I guess it's not much more of a no valuable thing. Than, it is. Uh, it is tapping. just as intellectually stimulating as Twitter tends to be. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh man. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like just tired of Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. It's so. it's weird to feel like you're wasting your time, but also like, shouldn't I be engaging with important things in the world? Yeah. I was kind of lamenting the social media landscape of like five years ago. Which was? Well, maybe five or 10 years ago, but like, well, face, early Facebook, better early Twitter, Twitter, you know, less Nazis on Twitter, hmm. fewer, way, fewer Nazis on Twitter. Way fewer Nazis on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and Twitter won't deal with the Nazi problem, which is why nobody's going to buy Twitter and they're going to just collapse. Yeah. Because <laughs> like Disney was looking at it and they went, oh, Nazis, never mind. Too many Nazis Too for many Disney. Too many Nazis. Uh, but like even early on Facebook, in the early days of the feed, I could, for example, say, hey, I'm going to PAX this weekend. Who's going to be there? Mm-hmm. And be reasonably confident that everyone I know will see that and have a chance to respond. Mm-hmm. And that was true for Facebook or on Twitter for a while because I was I was connected with a lot of my friends in real life on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. And so I do the same thing on Twitter and say, "Hey, everyone I know, I'm going to be at PAX. Anyone else going to be there? Let's meet up. Let's do a thing." And I can't do that. Like I can still post those things, but. Facebook won't show that to everybody I know unless I tag everyone I know. Unless you pay them to show yeah. the specific people yeah. you want to see it. Uh, which I'm surprised we haven't gotten to that point where they're targeting um, individual users for promoted posts. Yeah. But uh, And a lot of people I know in the real world aren't on Twitter because Twitter's full of Nazis. Yep. Uh, and I was like, I, I respect that. <laughs> uh, not going on there. Yeah, Twitter was never, even from the beginning, was never a place where I connected with people that I know in the real world. It was always a, like... Digital stranger. Right, like, people people I know from, or people I followed elsewhere on the internet, either, like, their podcast or their website. Yeah. Like, I'm going to follow them on Twitter because they're smart and it's another outlet for them and I like to read yeah. the things that they say. Um, I mostly, I'm mostly not exposed to Nazis on Twitter, personally mm-hmm. uh but i 
like half of Twitter now is talking about how bad Twitter is, and that's yeah. mostly due to the Nazis. Yeah. Well, and I I follow, for example, like Zoe Quinn, right? Um, who's been like talking about this problem for years, mm-hmm. back before like everyone else was before it was even Gamergate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she was the first person targeted by she, what became Gamergate. Yeah, it was it was her ex who yes. started it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she's actually writing a book about it. Really? Yeah. Good. Uh, she also just came out as agender, which I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not. Yeah. I don't follow her. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other Gamergate person, this is really interesting to me. Uh, do you follow Brianna Wu? I do. Yeah. She's now running for, or she's going to run for a co- Congress. seat in U.S. Congress yeah. in 2018. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is really cool. And I... Uh, if I'd still lived in Massachusetts, I would <laughs> be more actively engaged. I actually, I, I probably wouldn't have lived in her district, but yeah. um, I would love to like, I would love to vote for her for Congress. Yeah. Like, that would be great. Cause like she was just a whoever game developer who mm-hmm. decided to be outspoken about Gamergate and yeah. then became a massive target of Gamergate. Yeah. And now she's like, fuck all y'all. Like I don't want to fix it. Now I'm going to fix it. Go to Congress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did uh, briefly want to move to Atlanta just so I could live in John Lewis's district. (laughs) (laughs) But what about all that crime? Uh, What crime? (laughs) Atlanta's great. Atlanta's Atlanta's got like a lot going on for it. Yeah, it seems like a cool place. Yeah. Maybe I should just move to Atlanta. Then I can, you know, like call my congressperson and be happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just call him and be like, I like John Lewis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John Lewis. Hang up. For everything you've done. (laughs) Um, yeah, if I ever move somewhere, maybe I'll make sure that I move to a place with a good <laughs> congressional. Although that's stuff. arguably part of the problem. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I got to move to somewhere with a bad, uh, yeah. congressman. Have you seen the, uh, the swing left event thing? I, not event. Yeah. I saw that program. And I also saw people saying that it was like not real. Really? Yeah. Like it, it's, uh, I don't know much about it other than it was an, inter- it was an interesting idea. It's a very interesting idea. Uh, and then a lot of people who uh, tried to use it were like, this is not showing me accurate information about where my nearest swing district is. Hmm. Like you can, you know, you can go and double check it yeah. to verify it. And people were like, this is not correct. And then a lot of people were like, nobody knows who's doing this. Like this is not connected to any hmm. sort of uh liberal democratic progressive or or known organization yeah any kind of known organization or people and so someone's like this might be like a way to collect information about people Hmm. who don't like that's interesting yeah so i i saw that kind of talk and speculation before i signed up for it so i i avoided it i like i certainly like the idea of it's a good idea if it's legit it's like if we've got to we've got to get back congress let's put focus on doing that right and if you don't yeah. live in a swing district or you already live in a democratic district, yeah. like here's your nearest here's one. How you, you can, can help. Help yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also stuck in the like, yeah, we'll all be dead before 2018. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Kind of mindset. Yeah. That's, that's tough to get out of. But I do, uh, it is interesting to see the mobilization of like interesting ideas trying to solve our problems. Yeah. Like, uh, it's something, and I do know the people behind it, so it, I I am I can vouch for its legitimacy. Or I I know I don't know the people, but I know, you know of them, who they are, who they are. History. Uh, there's a I think it's fivecalls.org, okay, or something like that. And it's a it's a thing you sign up for, and every day you'll get an email, and it's like 
these are five issues that we picked for today. These are the five people to call, like, you know, senators or yeah. Congress people, like, call these people. Here are scripts for each of these five issues that we want to we wanna talk mm-hmm. about. And it just makes it much easier to, like, source information, yeah. do I, something impactful. Like so that. I've seen something interesting going around, particularly in calling your, your senator or congressperson. Uh, the there are very few benefits apparently of calling someone else's congressperson. Like hmm. I've seen that from former congressional staffers. How do they know? Cause they ask, you say, what's your zip code? Where do you live? What's your name? Like, okay. Yeah. And you can sure lie about that. They're not, I don't think they're checking. Right. I don't know how they would. Um, but you know, they care less if you're calling. Right. From a different constituency. Because the reason why it matters is if the Congress people don't necessarily want to do the thing that they that you want them to do because they think it's the right thing to do. They want to do it because they want you to vote for them again. Yes. So if you don't live in their district and they you don't aren't going to vote for you. them, they don't care if you're not going to yeah. vote for them because you can't not vote for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it might have some effect if you're like flooded with like a general feeling of, Oh no, like this is an unpopular thing, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's much, much more impactful if it's your congressperson. Yeah. Yeah. The person you're going to vote for or against in the next election. Right. Yeah. If if you can call and say, you can help get my vote. Yeah. By changing my mind. Quite that way. Cause that doesn't sound great, but I'm, I'm going to blackmail you. I say, say, yeah, I'm a constituent and I care deeply about this. And how does the Senator feel? Yeah, but as an so like this five calls thing as an example yeah. of like an interesting technology solution mm-hmm. to of trying to trying to trying to do something that's actually effective. Yeah, yeah. Were you in uh, Connecticut during the women's march? I was. Oh well, no. Technically, I was stuck in the Atlanta airport. Oh, you were in that airport for a while, <sighs> weren't you? I was so mad. Were you supposed to be there that long? No. What happened? So I was flying out of White Plains, New York, in the White Plains Airport in Westchester County. Okay. Which is like 30 minutes from Stanford. It's the closest airport. Little bitty tiny airport. Um, like there's one gate with like six doors. <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to come out of door F. <laughs> nice. Um, and there's not like podiums at the doors. All the podiums are like on one side for all of the airlines. And then whoever comes up, if it's, if your gate is about to be, if your plane's coming up, they'll go over to the one podium yeah. and take your boarding passes and things like that. It's a very small airport. Very small airport. Uh, Do you walk onto the tarmac to get onto the plane? You don't. There is. Uh, well, I did walk on the tarmac to get off the plane when I was coming in, mm-hmm. um, but I, w- I was on a jetway to get on the plane going back out. Uh, so I get an alert. That says, you know, from Delta, who I was flying on, like, hey, there's delays. Your flight might be delayed. Um, We can rebook you for a flight, but the next flight was like six hours later. Yeah. Um, But you might miss your connection because you're going to have a very quick period of time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the airport anyway because I can't. Like, I'm going to wait one way or the other. I'm either going to wait in a store in Stanford or I'm going to wait at the airport. Right. And I go to the airport and I'm checking in or checking my bag. I checked in online the day before. I'm checking my bag. And I'm like, yeah, there's a bit of a delay. You got a really tight connection. I'm like, I, I know. So what are, what are my options? It's like, run. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> run. <laughs> like that was basically, you better run. I'm like, oh, I'm, no. 
I don't do that. Not a runner? No. Yeah. Uh, and then the plane got delayed longer, and I went up to the, to the lady at the Delta desk, which was not at the podium because that's separate, and I was like, I'm like, what are my options? She's like, well, the next flight out, you know, you'll you'll get in, you know, there was a flight at like three o'clock and then the next one out of Atlanta where I was going. Uh, it was flight at, at like three o'clock and then it's 620. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, it's not 1020. Okay. Yeah, so like six hours difference. Ugh. Um, and... And I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to make my connections. Like, well, you'll be fine. You know, you got plenty of time. Sure. I'm like, I, I don't think I do, but okay. And so we get on the plane and we land in Atlanta. Flight goes pretty well. You know, they're, I'm sure the pilot's trying to get back on track too. Like, I know they're right. trying to fly as fast as they can. Uh, and we land and I'm about halfway down the plane, which is not bad. And we land, and I've got 20 minutes before takeoff of my next flight. Oh, my God. Like, they're already boarding. Yeah, they're boarding. Yeah. And the uh, flight attendant gets on and says, hey, we've got a lot of people making connections, so if you don't have a connection, please stay seated, let everyone else off first. I'm sure that worked real well. Apparently, everyone had connections in front of me. <laughs> and And I'm standing there, and I'm like... I've got 15 minutes. Like I'm not gonna make it. I'm talking to the lady next to me. Is it? Is it? In a, do you know that if it's far from? Gate yeah, to we gate? were. At, I, so I was looking it up on my phone. Uh, my flight was at gate A something. We were at gate D something. So I was three terminals away. Oh, which could be like a mile, right? Yeah, yeah. And, they, and Atlanta's got some real good people movers. They've got a train system. It's really effective. Yeah. Uh, to get you in between gates. Like I, I don't fault them there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. We stopped before the gate for about 10 minutes. Like, so 20 minutes is like, like we're just like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of making peace with that. Right. Um, but I've got my phone and you can check the status and say like online, like boarding, pre-boarding, mm-hmm. like where are we boarding? And they're boarding. Um, and I, oh, I, got, I got mad at a guy and I was trying to be happy this whole time and it was not easy. Because there was nothing like getting mad would solve, right? And I knew that, and so I'm trying to be happy, I'm and like to be relaxed. And nobody is in a good situation. No, like nobody at an airport is happy to be there. No, like nobody's when if you're at an airport, nothing's going super well for you. Yeah, it's always going a little bit wrong. Yeah. Um, and then a guy from like two thirds of the way down the plane like pushes past everyone's like I've got a 20 minute connection, and I'm like, yeah, we all do. And I'm like, I've got 10. And because what I did about by that point. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then he stopped like right in front of me because <laughs> he couldn't get anywhere. Right. And of course, we got off the plane and I laughed a little bit because I'm petty. Um, he had a uh, pink tag bag that was, you know, stored under the plane. They were getting back. So we had to wait anyway. <laughs> I did not because I checked my bag to my final destination. Yeah. Because the company was paying for it. <laughs> so I go. did, which is fine. Um, and so I go and I'm watching the thing. And like I'm on the escalator up to the gate, like I'm I I can't see the gate, but I'm there, and it switches from boarding to boarded. Oh, <laughs> on my phone, I'm like crap. And I've been going as well. I'm not running because running doesn't help, and I'm not in shape enough to do it anymore. <laughs> um, but I make my way through the gates, and I get to the thing, and the, the signs change, the gates doors empty, closed. doors close. Once that door's closed, and I'm like, how how close? It was like three minutes. It's like damn it. Man. And the next flight wasn't for six hours. 
And so I, he's like, you know, here, he gives me a little slip of paper, call this number, or go to the desk. I went to the desk and there was an iPhone launch sized line at the oh my desk. God. Like it was gross. And I'm like, I'm going to call this number instead. <laughs> <laughs> Cause there, cause the problem was in Atlanta, there was bad weather in Atlanta. So everything going out of and coming into Atlanta was delayed. Right. So everyone in Atlanta was having a terrible day. Right. And so I called the number and I got mad at the lady and I felt bad about getting mad at the lady. So I apologized because <laughs> it was weather. And so they can't do anything. They can't take any responsibility. Right. Which I, I said, you know, look, I, I know you can't take responsibility. I realize it's weather, but it feels like bad customer service regardless. Sure. Like it, it feels like you, like it sucks. Right. Um, and she was she was sympathetic, and I appreciate that. And I felt bad for getting mad at her, so I apologized. <laughs> I'm um, sure not many people apologize after getting mad to customer service people. So I'm sure she appreciated that. <laughs> and I was like, that. look, you've probably had a rough day, too, because I realize you have to talk to all the people like me. Right. Uh, but she put me on the next flight, which was at 1020. And so I was stuck in the airport. So you had a fun airport day. <sighs> I went to a bar, and I got a couple beers mm-hmm. and some airport fish and chips. All right. It cost me like $30. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Company was paying for it, though, because I'm still traveling at this point. True. They'll, they'll pay for your alcohol? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, as, as long as you're not being dumb. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the best thing that came out of all of this, because most of it was miserable, because I'm stuck in an airport, and... I got some donuts. You saw my donut Instagram. Yeah, airport Duncan. I was like, I'm, I'm in Terminal B. Cause, oh, yeah. Because then my flight moved from A to B. Like the, the 10 o'clock one was supposed to be at Terminal A, like gate 829. I was at 26. I'm like, oh, I'll just hang out here. Uh-huh. I'm like, check the gate signs, you know, obviously when it gets closer. And it was like B12. And I'm like, oh, so I do have to go halfway across the airport again. <laughs> uh, but I did. And in Terminal B, they had a Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can get some donuts because I want some donuts because I'm grumpy. Yeah, donuts really help when you're grumpy. Yeah. And I got a chocolate glaze and a chocolate or a Boston cream pie. They're both really good donuts. Yeah, they are. Uh, in the White Plains Airport, I got a Crystal Pepsi because Crystal Pepsi's back. I did not know Crystal Pepsi Pepsi was back. I didn't either until I saw one. I was like, well, I guess I'm buying a Crystal Pepsi. I'm not sure I've ever had a Crystal Pepsi. I have. I had them when they were original. I yeah. had them when they came out. And I've had one now, and it tastes like Pepsi. That's weird. It's a little weird, but that's like... That's the whole deal is it tastes <laughs> like Pepsi. And it just doesn't look like doesn't Pepsi. It doesn't have any caramel coloring, but it tastes like Pepsi. Sure. Uh, which was fine. It was good. I, it was funny because I, I bought a sandwich outside security because there was a little sandwich shop there. And I was going to buy a Diet Dr. Pepper. It was the first Dr. Pepper I'd had in a whole week because they don't have that in, in Connecticut. You, there wasn't a Dr. Pepper? Not that I could find. Weird. Uh office certainly didn't have any hmm. so i drank a lot of coke zero he's like are you going to security i'm like yes he's like you probably don't want to buy this like, you're right i don't want to buy this so i went to the one on the other side of security and they had a crystal pepsi and i bought it. So there you they, go they didn't have any dr pepper yeah good thing you waited uh but then also in the b terminal of the atlanta airport where i was being mopey i was like man i wish i could just like take a nap like just lay down and relax mm-hmm. because like this is miserable like i'm just grumpy in an airport and there's there's nothing to do in an airport yeah like it's uh, avoid cnn that's really a, what i was doing airports are very bad places to just spend time like you can't 
have a pleasant time yeah. in an airport terminal. And we're in Atlanta, so every TV there is trying to CNN. Yeah. I'm, I'm grumpy, so I really don't want to watch the news. Because <laughs> the news isn't going to be good yeah. either. And it was it was in the evenings. The Women's March was mostly over. And there was in a lot of political pundits talking about the Women's March. And that's the exact opposite of what I wanted to deal with. A lot of male political pundits yeah. probably, yeah. Yeah, they were interviewing Michael Moore of all people. Oh, I bet he had a lot of really interesting things I to say Michael about the Moore Women's March. so much. Michael Moore did, yeah. I mm-hmm. hate Michael Moore. I don't care what his political beliefs are anymore. I don't care if we agree on anything. I hate Michael Moore. <laughs> um, and so I'm like avoiding TVs. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's the game I'm playing. Um, I'm like, I really wish I could take a nap. And like one of the things I've always like thought is a great idea are like capsule hotels or nap tubes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, for places like hotels or uh, college campuses, like student union buildings, yep. would, they'd be great for those. Like, offices should have nap tubes like all these things i'm like nap tubes resolve all of these problems yeah that's we need more nap tubes nap now tubes. i'm a very tall person so i don't know if any nap tubes would fit me in normal circumstances mm. um but i decide to google like uh i think it was like sleeping tubes at airports or capsule hotels at airports um and this like usa today article popped up like 10 places to take a nap at an airport and one of them was Atlanta. Really? At gate B19. <laughs> wow, what, what, what is it? Uh, it's a tiny, like it, the front just looks kind of like a, a kiosky thing. There's just a guy standing there at a counter. Um, and there's five rooms in the back that are maybe seven by ten. Uh-huh. They've got a little desk and a computer and a couch you can lay down on. It's wide enough. Like I could lay down on it. It was long enough. Nice. And a blanket and a couple pillows, and you buy it by the hour or in 15-minute increments. Uh-huh. And you can turn the lights off, and there's a white noise machine, and there's soundproofing. No way. And I got to take a nap. That sounds heavenly. It was amazing. I took my shoes off. They said, okay, you know, I, I bought 45 minutes because that's the time that was before I needed to get on my flight, but by the time I realized it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, we're going to be boarding about 45, so I'll take that. And it was like 35 bucks worth and, it oh totally worth it and i went in this little tiny room i took my shoes off because my feet were killing me i've been walking around in the airport yeah and i laid down and i closed my eyes and i just fell asleep yeah because it's it's late at night it's it's like nine yeah or this it was about it was now, so yeah. we were boarding at like nine forty five. so it was like nine o'clock yeah and I turned off the lights and just laid in the dark plugged in my phone so it would charge i've been using it all day mm-hmm. and 45 minutes later they come knock on your door I put my shoes on, walk out. That's amazing. It was so nice. Can you sleep on a plane? I can, and I did yeah. on um, on the flight back uh, from Atlanta. I slept on the plane a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a pillow. I meant to bring a neck pillow because we had those one of those little round ones. Yeah, and I forgot it in Austin. <laughs> um, so I took my hoodie and bunched it up in the corner and slept, and it yeah. was fine. But. The thing is, I'm tall, and so like I can't use headrests on planes because mm-hmm. they come up to my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. But I was on a um, window seat, so I could lean against the wall with a hoodie against my head, and it was fine. And I slept. Yeah, I find planes and un- just incredibly uncomfortable. Yes, I'm a I'm a little shorter than you. Yeah, but, I'm, but you're not small. I'm like six one or six two. Yeah, and I have like very long legs. Oh, you got legs for days. So like. Like the seat back is usually okay, but then like my legs are just like shoved into the yeah. back of the seat in front of me. And, and I hate anyone and everyone who leans their seat back on an airplane if there's someone sitting behind you. I consider that to be like 
an assault. Yeah. If you lean your seat back, you are a monster. Yeah. Because there's no, there's, it barely provides you any comfort to yeah. lean your seat and back. It makes me miserable. -er. Yeah. And if someone tries to lean their seat back in front of me, I will like forcibly keep their seat pushed up. <laughs> I will not let them. Um, yeah, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Uh, airports aren't fun. No. Uh, but I love that nap room. That sounds oh, great. So nice. So my problem is like I've I've had to sleep in airports before. I've yeah. I've overnighted in airports before. Yeah. Uh, and some airports will at least have, you know, like all the, like the chairs and benches and stuff at the gates. Yeah. Uh, some of them don't have armrests, so mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing where you can you just can like lay down, lay across some to. seats, and yeah. it's okay. Uh. Atlanta doesn't have those, by the way. Yeah, and it's it's probably an intentional decision on their part to prevent people from like sleeping from sleeping on their chairs, but it makes it very very miserable. Yeah, if you have to spend a night and like sleep on the floor or something. Yeah, or I I had to sleep in JFK uh, oh. this past summer. I think I, I told you that mm -hmm. that travel nightmare story. But yeah, similar thing. Like we just flight was delayed and we barely missed a connection. Yeah, and I slept in uh or I didn't and I didn't in fact sleep. Yeah, in a cot. Yeah. In the freezing cold, Ugh. loud, bright JFK terminal. Ugh. Um Yeah. The the sleep room was real nice. Yeah. Real happy with that. Yeah, someone was vacuuming mm. and testing door alarms. <laughs> like got there at like almost midnight. Yeah. And I Just laid in nothing. a laid on a cold cot for four hours and then I got up and got a breakfast sandwich at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Airports are bad. They're just always bad. Yeah. And planes are worse. Yeah, planes are bad. But Airports are bad. I want a little sleep room in my apartment. You, you have one. But it's not like, doesn't even, like my bedroom doesn't sound as nice as like a little, <laughs> it's not, it's not as, uh, because of the contrast between how much of a sanctuary that sleep room is and the, and the rest of the airport, and the terror of the rest of the airport. Like yeah. my whole apartment is kind of nice and quiet and it pleasant. Is. Really uh, nice. so my bedroom isn't necessarily yeah different uh, it was it was it was heavenly i need a smaller bedroom inside of my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say it was about it was it was larger than i expected it to be yeah um but i could when i laid down which was uh along the short edge of the room um my head and feet did not touch the walls so i would say about seven yeah on the short end maybe 10 on the other side yeah that's just a very small room that's not quite a pod no and i was i would have been fine with a pod i would have slept in a pod as long as it was long enough i will bend my knees <laughs> um i slept in a twin bed for a very long time yeah i slept in a twin bed far after i grew a twin <laughs> bed <laughs> i slept in a twin bed throughout high school yeah 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 same and then Beds in college are not all that much better. No. They're usually They're a little longer. Usually? Yeah. But even now, I have a queen-size bed, and my my feet still yeah. hang off the what edge. What you need is a California king. Because those are very long. Very long. Not as wide as a traditional king. Yeah. Still wider than a queen. I also I also don't mind my feet hanging off. I, I, I kind of mind. Are you a feet tucker? Uh, yeah, I think See, so. See, when I'm in my bed, I don't like things to be tucked. I need okay. to I need to be able to like freely move about yeah. and not feel like I'm constricted inside my bed. Yeah. I'd say my feet tucked, but the rest of me, like I'll, I'll throw a leg out. Yeah. You get hot, you throw your leg out. Yeah, you got to have that temperature control. Yeah. Connecticut Travel Women's March. Oh, the Women's March. Yeah. Yeah, so you missed it. I did. Unfortunately, because you were in an airport. You, yeah. you could have done a little women's march in the airport. 
Yeah, that would have gone over well with all the other miserable people. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, make a quick sign and start chanting and marching up and down the terminal. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure that would have improved everyone's airport yeah, experience. Everyone would have been having a better day because of that. Um, no, I went to the Women's March in, uh, in Austin. Yeah. Which was great. Uh, I called out sick from work. Cool. To do so. Because uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to do that without too many consequences. Yeah. Um, it was really funny. The next morning, uh, I went in. I mm-hmm. went to work for uh, a meeting, and a manager came up to me and they're like, "Oh, Jesse, like, uh, you know, I hope you're okay." It was a manager who I talked to on the phone. Yeah. And they're like, "I hope you're okay. Like, are you feeling better?" And I, I re- regretfully did the like half second like dumb blank stare. Oh man. <laughs> before I was like. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I'm feeling better. Sure, uh-huh. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for your concern. But they like, I'm sure they completely saw through it. Um, They probably saw through it when I called. Yeah. Because most people don't call out sick for genuine reasons. Yeah. Um, I did a couple times. I mean, I, I have, yeah. but, yeah. you know, I'll, I will, I do not have a problem calling out sick and not actually be sick. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because I... The inauguration was the day before. I needed a I needed a mental <laughs> health sick. day. I was I was uh partaking in self care for my mental health by joining the women's march. Yeah. So that can very loosely be justified as a sick day. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I went downtown for the women's march. Uh there were more people in one place than I've probably ever seen. Yeah, in I saw my the life. pictures of the Austin March. It was intense. Apparently the final estimate was like a hundred thousand people. Awesome. Yeah. Um it was incredibly overwhelming yeah like emotionally yeah like i was just completely floored like i was like i was not in control of like my emotions or how i was feeling like i just flooded with with feelings and just how powerful of a thing it was Mm -hmm. to see so many people in one place uh all supporting something good yeah uh without any problems yeah like i was expecting trouble like when i went i Mm. didn't i didn't expect the uh austin police to treat it as a completely innocent and undangerous thing i expected it to be treated as a thing to be contained and corrected and Mm -hmm. dealt with as a as so many protests unruly protest but because it uh was mostly populated by white women yep uh they were like, oh, you know, no danger. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't entirely like there was oh, a sure. Austin is a relatively diverse. It's got some diversity and the, and it was. It's got a little bit of diversity. The diversity that Austin has was represented at the march. Yeah. Um, so there were plenty of non-white women there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was glad to see that it was like mostly women. It wasn't like taken over by men. Yeah, that's uh, good. And uh, I was like slightly it's weird like my experience of being there i i felt like i went more as an observer than a participant because like i wasn't there with any particular group i mm-hmm. didn't make a sign yeah i just went to like to be present to be present to observe and to be another body to add to the mass yeah um but like i had i had a great time it was really interesting and but now like after it's over i feel that it was i'm trying to wrestle with the feelings of like was that an empty gesture mm-hmm. or like, was that a meaningful thing for me to yeah. partake in? Like, Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, I've been trying to do a lot with, like, the actions that I can take. Mm-hmm. Um, calling people, and then, because I have some discretionary money, 
uh, donating to things. Yeah. Like, that's really where I've been at is like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop doing Kickstarter and start giving to charities. And not entirely because, but I, but like, I'm because like, you'll never kick your Kickstarter habit no, completely. I've said that before, yeah. but, uh, but reconsidering like how I'm spending my discretionary money and finding things that I can donate to and, and causes to the people who are taking powerful, impactful actions who need extra money to be successful. Yeah. Like if that's a, if that's a way you can help, like that's a yeah. very powerful way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't like, I'm, I'm very glad I went and I'm mm-hmm. like, it was an amazing experience. It was very impacting experience. Like I will probably remember that as like a very like important life moment of mine. Um, but I don't feel like I accomplished anything by doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel you. Um, I feel like I, like I received a lot of goodness from it. Like mm-hmm. I, and the speeches afterwards and stuff, like it was just, it, like it affected me a lot yeah, and I learned a lot, but my presence wasn't particularly valuable mm-hmm. outside of being another person, there. one of the 100,000 people there. Yeah. So, and I think something that, that is going to happen because of this, uh, or something that's going to be a repercussion is that the people are, are going to walk away from it going like I did something. Right, and then feel like they don't need to do anything else, and not realize that protest is a long process. Right. I mean, you compare this to something like uh, the March on Washington, led by John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. and things mm-hmm. like that, which was the pinnacle of a years-long struggle. Right. And and protest and like doing things like the Freedom Rides, doing things like the sit-ins. Right. Where there was continuous constant action mm-hmm. and the, that and culminated in a march on washington and the the march itself is like it's it's mostly a symbolic mm-hmm. gesture there's not a lot of something changing because of it yeah like you go like doing a sit-in or like some of the marches like the the march across uh the bridge in montgomery like the other like famous Selma. one and Selma, yeah, yeah, like that, that, yeah, it was Montgomery bus boycotts, but yeah, the yeah. The, the Selma Bridge, like because of the like the violence there mm-hmm. and the fact that like that was televised, like that was very, very impactful outside mm-hmm. of it just being a bunch of people marching. Yes, like the March on Washington was just like this. You're right, like a culmination. Like we've been doing stuff for years now. Let's get a massive group together and like symbolically do and a make our thing. statements. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. Like overall, march like marching just shows. In, shows support intent and support yeah. but it doesn't do much mm-hmm. like if if there can continue marching alone doesn't do much yeah like yeah. if there can continue to be lots of massive and like well-organized marches and protests like that mm-hmm. like it can start to become like a recurring theme and a powerful statement of like yes. hey like every couple we still care weeks yeah. or every couple months like a couple million people are gonna tell Show donald up. trump that we don't like him yeah like as a collective collective group of marches over time, like that can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. But. but yeah, one gigantic march by itself does not say or does not do enough. Yeah, it, it's possible that it can turn into a very powerful start for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it can be valuable that way. But yeah, like I almost feel like a little guilty because like about how good of about myself I felt for <laughs> a couple of days. I was like, yeah, I did something. Like I'm involved. I you know, I was a part of it. And it was yeah. like, I wasn't really a part of anything. I just was a body. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the banner flown off the crane? Yes. The white house. That was cool. Do you know who put that up? Greenpeace. Oh, it was a couple of Greenpeace activists. Cool. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
Battle's it's good image. Sometimes Greenpeace are assholes, but yeah, yeah, uh, they can be. I mean, they were also being assholes in this case, but yeah, in a way, I support. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do love the idea of what they did. Where like, it was, I think it was like six or seven people who who did that. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're not going to get caught. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're showing up and you're sneaking in to be able to get the job done, mm-hmm. but you're not getting away. Like you're accepting. Yeah. That you'll be arrested and probably well, and, charged. And with the something. arrest is part of the protest. Right. In a lot of cases. Because you're you're doing it's powerful enough to say that like I'm doing something that I'm willing to be arrested and charged with the crime for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, how powerful of a statement is it to look like there's a giant banner that says resist right above the White House. Yeah. Like worth it. Did you see um Shia LaBeouf's thing? Uh I saw something about him just like screaming in someone's face. Well it got I love Shia LaBeouf. Like, I, I care for him deeply. I don't understand him. <laughs> well, he tries so hard, and he just he just can't make anything work. And that's... And so I'm sympathetic. <laughs> Bless his heart. Uh, he did a thing that I thought was cool. Like, I thought this was a neat thing to do. And, and in this performative art space that he's trying to be in, mm-hmm. which is um, at a museum in New York. I don't remember the name of it. There is outside the museum a webcam uh, that is live streaming twenty four seven for the next four years. Um, this lot, and above the webcam are the words "He will not divide us." Okay, and everyone is encouraged to go here and stand in front of this camera and make it a mantra that he will not divide us, and say it over and over again, and make it a performative thing. Hmm. Um, and I watched it over the last like weekend. I'd turn it on every so often, you know, because it started at noon on the twentieth mm-hmm. to last for four years. Wow! And um, it originally started like Shia LaBeouf was there, although he was not visible. He was like sitting on the ground. Okay. Um, so I saw pictures from other people who were there. Um, and of all people, <laughs> um, Jaden Smith was there. Oh, like the moment it turned on. Uh huh. Um, which was intentional. Like, like it was, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like um, the kind of person who would be there with yeah. Shia LaBeouf at a thing like that. Yeah. Um, and Jaden Smith, and I think Shia LaBeouf was there for most of the time as well. Like the first day, like he was there all day. Really? Like chanting and saying it over and over and over and again. Th- this is his thing? Like this is it's his It's Shia LaBeouf's thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like he put it together. He worked with the museum to make it happen. Um, and it's hosted online at hewillnotdivide.us. Nice. And... So, like, Jaden Smith stood there, like, all day on camera, like, saying it as other people came up and said it with him and left. And they chanted it and became call and response. And it was a very interesting sort of watch thing to watch mm-hmm. and, like, show support and power and whatever. Apparently, Shia LaBeouf got in a fight with a guy in front of the camera. Yeah, and that... And then got arrested. Oh, really? I think he got arrested. I only heard the snippet of the news this morning. I, I just saw a short video where he like it was him and another person just like not touching each other but just yeah. like in each other's faces screaming that may have been back a, and forth i don't know i didn't i i was in the other room and he was watching the news but he got in a fight with a guy like on the camera like in the name of the project is he will not divide us and you're sin- just and you're being divided <laughs> it's like shia i want i want so much for you to succeed and you've screwed up so many times and i know that yeah. and i know you've screwed up and you know it right and you're still trying and i believe in you Maybe he'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. I mean, the plagiarism stuff was bad and dumb and wrong. Yeah. And I just, I want him to be successful. <laughs> I miss that little kid from Even Stevens. Yeah. 
It's very weird to reconcile who Shia LaBeouf is currently with <laughs> even Stevens. With who he was 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's a cool project still. It's still going on as far as I know. Do you think there'll like always be someone there for four years? Do you think they'll always have a person in the lot? I wouldn't be. I mean, there will probably be times when it's not happening. But yeah. I mean, the point is that there always could be. Right. Someone can always walk up. And, and it's completely open? Like you can just go Yeah, it's, you just, can just like go it's open from the street. Yeah. Like you don't have to like pay a ticket or get into the museum or anything. It's just there. That's neat. 24-7. Um, there are, so at the march, there was this uh, really just kind of mind-blowing coincidence to me. So yeah. there was about 100,000 people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I didn't go with anybody. I There was a couple people I know who were also there. Yeah. But like... Chances so are 100,000 other people. Right, yeah. like the chances of me like stumbling into one of my coworkers or something is very yeah. low. Um, but I did stumble into someone who I randomly met on election night when I was oh, at the Democratic election weird. party. Um, like we like we met and hung out and like chatted for like a while while we were at the party yeah. on election night. And like kind of like she was there with some friends, but we kind of just like went through the trauma of election night yeah. together. And I was just like walking through the crowd on the march down yeah. the street. And like, we like, like made eye contact and like did that thing. And then like <laughs> 10 seconds later made eye contact again. And I was like, we know each other. Right. Like, but it, that was so bizarre to me and was kind of like also one of the reasons why, like one of the small things that like made the day feel so powerful is like, yeah, that connection, the connect, especially with like election night and then the women's yeah. march, like, we both randomly met each other yeah. both times. That was kind of cool. Yeah. That is kind of cool. And, and, and like followed each other on Twitter so we can actually like know who each other are yeah. from now on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got retweeted a bunch. Oh my God. Oh, how did I almost How was this? I the first one to point that out to you? Because, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So tell your story. So one of the the biggest thing I did at the march was I took photos of every clever, funny, interesting, good sign that I could find. Yeah. And I posted the best of them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And one of the signs, uh, and I'm going to find it right now, was made in reference to an article that... Which uh, I still haven't read. Okay. Which you should. I know. Uh, an article that Sarah Zhang wrote uh, on Motherboard, which is a very self-awarely indulgent article Mm -hmm. uh, that argues that the lack of adequate women's health care is what caused the destruction of the old republic. Yes. Because Padme dies in childbirth childbirth because there was a lack of good women's health care and that's what caused Darth Vader. And then everything else terrible happened. Exactly. Um, So I got to find this tweet. Uh, But this sign... And I'll, I'll I'll link to this uh, the tweet in the show notes. But the sign says Padme plus healthcare equals no Darth Vader, and then underneath Texas GOP colon as bad as the prequels. Yeah, that's a good sign. Pretty it's good, a good sign. sign. And it's appropriate because it's the women's march and it's yeah. related to women's issues. And um, but so I my tweet is a photo of the sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the caption. And I captioned it. I I just the text of the tweet is the text of the sign except. Uh, autocorrect doesn't know the word Padme, so it autocorrected it to pain. Yeah, P-A-Y-N-E. Yep. Uh, and I don't notice these things as I type them because my brain doesn't yeah. do those things and yeah. I'm not much of a proofreader for things like <laughs> texts and tweets. Uh, 
so I tweeted this and it got absolutely no attention, just like the rest of everything I tweet because yeah. I don't have any followers on Twitter. Uh, but I uh, did. Uh, I re- I replied to Sarah Zhang with, yeah. with the the tweet attached mm-hmm. to say like, hey, like someone made a thing based on your thing. Someone clearly seems to be inspired by your article. And so a couple days later, uh, she was on a Twitter break, but a couple days later she returned to Twitter and retweeted it. Yeah. And she has like 40,000 followers, I think. That's a lot of followers. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't say my tweet went viral because it no. only ended up with about like 100 retweets and two or 300 likes or something. Sure. But it's like one of the most popular things I've ever done on the internet. Yeah. Uh, in a very small, insignificant way. Uh, and I remember texting you and showing you like I was getting all these notifications. Oh, I saw the tweet when it happened. Did you notice the uh, the misspelling when I tweeted it? Yes. And you didn't tell me? No. Okay. Yeah. You told me after I told you it started <laughs> getting attention. So I'm, li- I'm like 50 retweets in. Yeah. And like, you know, just your phone's blowing up crazy amounts of notifications well like i don't have notifications for twitter turned that's on smart so uh i had actually not looked at my phone for a couple hours and i open it up and i'm like what the fuck is going on like i, <laughs> I see the number of like replies and retweets and uh-huh. I'm, like i have like a hundred something notifications in twitter what's happening that's a lot um and it was this one tweet so i tell you and then you tell me about the typo <laughs> and it just destroyed me i got like I got so upset and I didn't want to, I didn't want to like delete the tweet. Yeah. I'm not going to delete it and like repost it to correct it. Cause like <laughs> it will stop getting passed around and I'm selfishly enjoying a, uh-huh. a small amount of attention. Yeah. Um, but God damn it. Like <laughs> it, it had to, it, I had to have a typo in the thing that got popular and like none of my other. No, nobody tweets from anything that, else. Yeah. From that day got popular. None of the other ones had any typos. You didn't get a lot of like followers afterwards because of it. I actually gained zero followers from the attention. That's good. Um, but, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like a, ra- a random person did reply to my yeah. tweet and ask pain? Question mark? Yeah. So, so at least someone noticed. <laughs> But thankfully, like the important part of the tweet is the photo. Yes, and, not and that's and that's not what matters. So. that yeah. was funny. Yep. And a random person who saw the tweet because yeah. Sarah Zhang retweeted it. Yeah. Knew the the guy who made the sign. Oh, awesome! And uh, yeah, because I saw you retweet and tagged him yeah. in it, which is how yeah. I, I found the creator of the sign and made sure that Sarah retweeted him too. Yeah. So, it's just like, come on, come on, universe! Like you can't give you can't give it to me. <laughs> You can't let me just have one nice thing. Pain? Pain? Ugh, <laughs> oh, maybe one day I will do a thing that isn't uh tragically flawed. Nah. I do think this is not related to what I was thinking of, but mm-hmm. I think it's neat. Uh I started following genderless nipples on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I'm not aware of this. Yeah, so it's an Instagram account. Is this a kind of a free the nipple kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's definitely in that vein. Uh, they don't they specifically don't use that hashtag because Twitter or Instagram blocks that hashtag now. Really? Like you like you can post it, but you don't show up in searches. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah. So there's, so Twitter blocks, not Twitter. Instagram blocks pictures of quote unquote female nipples because they're sexual organs. Because they're sexual organs. Not sexual organs. Uh, but not male nipples. And I think I can figure out where this is going. Yeah. So what the genderless nipples Twitter account does, gendered or Instagram genderless underscore nipples, um, has people 
submit photos and they post them. And it is literally just a string of close-ups of nipples. Wow. Those are nipples yep. I'm looking at. Yep. That one wasn't. No, that's their logo. Mm-hmm. It looks like a nipple. It does look like a nipple. But it's just nipple after nipple. And oh. there's usually like statements under it like, you know, this is not about being topless. This is about equality. This is about having choice. And so presumably some of those nipples are from men and some of them are mm-hmm. from women. Yeah. Yeah. So more pierced ones than I was expecting. Uh, yeah. Feels to be uh, a lot of diversity in their nipple. Yeah. That's a very, uh, very clever thing. Yeah. I just, I, it's great. It's and, just is, a bunch and, of nipples. And Instagram isn't doing anything about it. So Instagram has taken down some of their photos, including some of their male photos. Is someone evaluating those and going, so, so pretty sure this one's a woman. So the thing is, if somebody flags it, Instagram reviews it. <sighs> and if someone flagged one of their nipples, that was just a nipple. Uh, and, and like biologically, there's not a way to tell the difference between a quote unquote male nipple or female from nipple. that close up. No. And it's kind of cool because there's a lot of diversity of nipples. Yeah um so you know yeah there's there's their post about having some of their photos removed because of community guidelines that's hilarious yeah what what an effective protest to have some of those photos be got a flower around it that is quite the nipple tattoo yeah that must have hurt so much (laughs) (laughs) there's one on here um one of the recent ones actually their second most recent one um has a scar around it um which is cool mm-hmm. but it looks like um looks like the nipple was removed and reattached well no so what it reminds me of is um from someone who has had either breast reduction or breast augmentation because mm-hmm. um, that's the, the the scar you get is around the nipple plus the down it's called an anchor scar and then it comes underneath they like cut the nipple off around it and that's how they get in there i guess yeah i don't know the the details of it but that's and it's interesting because i i follow a few trans guys on instagram who post topless photos and i was like that scar looks like someone who has had top surgery now because again it's a close-up of a nipple i have no idea if it's a trans guy or trans woman or just just someone who got a breast enhancement like i don't i don't know because it's just a nipple um but i was okay with the you know I thought that I thought that was neat in their diversity of nipples. Yeah, even even the thing of trans men posting topless photos and Instagram also. Oh yeah, like no, a, there's there's trans in, guys I follow who who are men, right? And they post topless photos, right, on Twitter, but which is fine, apparently. But if they had posted topless photos before they got their surgery, which they probably wouldn't have done because dysphoria and that's weird, right? And, yeah. Right. Um, they would have been, you know, bad. But it, it it's just a it's a powerful demonstration of how arbitrary the oh, supposed guidelines are. Yeah, like a tr- a trans man can post photos post op. Yes, like could they po- Like would they be acceptable pre op? No, even while they're still a they're man? still a man the whole time. Right, but pre op it's not okay. Post op yeah. it like ugh. it's too too fleshy. It's arbitrary. Oh, absolutely, it's arbitrary. Um. Thought it was a cool little Instagram. There were a thing. there were a handful of uh, of topless women at the women's march. Yeah, because it's I think it's still illegal to be topless as a woman in Austin, but we don't seem yeah. to like do anything about it. One of them had uh, like tape on her nipples. Yeah, so, which might technically make it legal. I don't, I don't know. know, but it's a dumb law anyway. It was it was interesting <laughs> to see the diversity of groups and 
like issues represented at the march like yeah. from there was some you know some clearly like probably college ut students or whatever who yeah. were very radical and running around topless and mm-hmm. rainbows and craziness all yeah. around and then there was groups that were like you know what looked like a bunch of you know sweet old ladies and yeah. like they're You've probably been fighting this fight for 30 60 yeah. years and like <laughs> like their their sign like one one of my favorite signs was uh this group of old uh it was these three old women and they had uh a sign it was a bible quote yeah and they just looked like you know mm-hmm. my grandma and they had a big giant pink sign <laughs> and it said uh uh, like was it like walk humbly and do justice or something yeah. like that and i was like oh that's so sweet and then like some 20 year old runs by screaming without yeah. a top on <laughs> it was quite the uh quite the mixture yeah i enjoyed it reminds me i was uh, when when reading about the genitals nipples thing um somebody posted a story and i i've not seen the video of this but i've heard this anecdote a few times of um a trans woman i don't know those surgery shows that are on like tlc yeah like a surgery story or whatever right um or like plastic surgery for shits and giggles right um there was there was an episode apparently and i haven't seen this but i've read about it where um a trans woman was getting a breast augmentation mm-hmm. so her boobs matched her body sure uh, or her matched her mind or you know looked right to her uh and i'm fine with anybody getting breast augmentations it's your body do what you want with yeah, it it's fine um but pre-op they had they showed her with her top off Mm -hmm. uh you know completely naked from the waist up where they were you know doing the markings and things like that Uh um and apparently they showed the surgery because they do on these shows and like the moment they put in the implant they blurred her nipple oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh I can't, I can't handle how dumb that is. Because <laughs> someone at like standards and practices went like, this nipple's okay, but the same nipple <laughs> is not okay if it's rounder. <laughs> if it's got a, a lump behind it. That protrudes away from the body more. Yeah. Uh, like, is there a measurement that like... <laughs> Like how far o- how far away horizontally from the rib cage does the nipple yeah, have to be? How flat chested you... you have to be? Because I've got I've got man boobs. Like I've got sure like sacks of fat on my chest <laughs> behind my nipple. Yeah, does would yours have to be blurred on I television? Don't know. Probably not. Probably not because I got a beard. So you're a man. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Which is also a little bit insulting though because she was a woman the whole time. Right. Yeah. That's the. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's incredible. Imagine being the that employee at Standards and Practices. You got to I mean, you got to make a decision. Like you know there was a meeting and they yeah. and someone said, "Well, they have to be blurred at some point." And then someone had to go, "Well, when do we start blurring yeah. them?" Or or you blur them the whole time, but that's weird because why would you why would you blur a yeah, a flat-chested person's nipples? Yeah. Cuz it doesn't look like a boob. Right, right. Yeah, when when is it a boob? The great standards and practices question of our time. When does it go from chest to boob? Yeah. Apparently the moment the implant slides I in. Yes. That's incredible. Uh I don't know if uh where this was in 30 Rock, but uh there was a small arc uh for Kenneth in 30 Rock where mm-hmm. he goes from being a page to being an employee at standards and practices for for NBC. Oh. And um <laughs> 
he's, I, can see, I can see the comic potential there. He's reviewing a, a script for Law and Order. Yeah. And um, he approaches his boss and he goes, you can't say Dick Wolf on television. <laughs> pretty good right (laughs) guess you can yeah if it's a person's name you can yeah probably couldn't show a a wolf's dick on television (laughs) i'm I'm gonna cut that out i'm not gonna put that in there was an episode of community you remember community right i love community great show um they did an episode of community that was you know a parody of law and order yeah, uh-huh. Um, do you remember the name of that episode? I don't. Yeah, this was the name of their um, Law & Order, which I got at the time, but not everyone seemed to, because uh, it was really funny. All of the, you know, all of their uh, episode titles were class names. Uh-huh, right. Like, that was the running joke, like Origins of Vampire Mythology, Digital Exploration of Interior Design. Yeah. And that must have been really fun to write the titles for the episode. Yeah. As uh, one was just called Ladders. Because <laughs> they had a class called Ladders. <laughs> oh, what an episode. Uh, this was early. This was um, season three. So uh, earlier than I thought it was. But the name of the episode that was a Law and Order ripoff was called Basic Lupine Urology. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.